We are the creators of reality. Those who have mastered perseverance, those who thrive despite attempts to thwart us, those who make magic at the root of the very trees they hung us from. We are the mountains and the rivers. We are the sun and the moon. We are sand and gems. We are the first and the final. We be big and small. We be light and dark. We be seasoned and youthful. We be sensual and sacred. Those gifted and divine. Those powerful and radical. Those vibrant and ancestral. We are the creators of reality. We are the Black Oasis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Oasis podcast. I'm your host, Kaya Supreme, and this is the place where we lay it all down. Today's guest is an entrepreneur extraordinaire, hospitality guru, businesswoman, healing practitioner. Today's guest is beautiful, bold, divine, phenomenal, fitness bound, fitness driven, Dog mother extraordinaire, <laughs> the one and only Tasha Bell. <laughs> what an introduction, Kaya. You are, listen. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome and worthy. Come on now. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for joining me on Black Oasis. I'm so grateful oh, to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Absolutely. having me. I mean, there are just so many things about you that uh that scream black wellness black excellence black <laughs> community um and i want to highlight you thank you absolutely yeah, so, so i was so happy to see that you're doing a podcast that's that's so exciting well, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here for sure and you're like one of my favorite people oh i love you <laughs> i'm definitely excited so First, just give the Saints a little introduction about who you are, a little background. Um, you know, just just tell us a little background about you, whatever you want to share. All right. So um, I am uh, an Atlanta implant. Am I saying that right? I'm actually originally from St. Lucia. I was born and raised in St. Lucia. And I moved to New York when I was 19, um, 16 years ago. It's crazy when I say it out loud because I didn't realize how long it had been until two weeks ago. Um, so I have a, I have a degree in forensic psychology, which I'm yet to use, <laughs> but I wish <laughs> I have been in the restaurant industry at this point, uh, almost for the entire 16 years that I've been in the States. And, you know, sometimes you fall into things that you don't realize how much you have a love for. Right. Or that you're actually good at, you know what I mean? So, you know, I started waiting tables, I want to say eight months into (laughs) living in New York. And it's, that's actually what I've done up until now. Well, I'm not waiting tables anymore, but I'm still in the industry. Uh, Blessed to be partner on two restaurants that are doing really well in Atlanta, despite the pandemic. So, you know, it's just been a blessing 
overall this year has been tough, but, but just a major blessing. I can't even front, you know, and be like, oh, it's been a terrible 2020 because it really hasn't for me at least. Right. And, you know, I just, I just decided that I was not going to allow 2020 to take me out. Like <laughs> I've definitely been through worse things than 2020. So I'm, you know, I'm just happy to be here to be able to like keep people employed in such a, a tough time to be able to be able to create a space where people get a break from all of what's happening in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess a little about, <laughs> about me. Um, Listen, as I said, she's divine. <laughs> so, um, at black Oasis, we operate under this metaphor of a safe space for black people that when we mm-hmm. all come together, um, and bring forth our spiritual gifts, bring forth our highest selves that we create an oasis for ourselves. We create mm-hmm. a paradise for ourselves. So mm-hmm. if you had to construct a paradise for Black people, what one element would have to be a part of it? Oh, so good. Um, I think it would have to be something that's benefited me and worked for me um, is positive black imagery and I say that because when I um you know before I lived in the U.S. uh we're shown a lot of of you know not being not growing up in the states we're shown a lot of um things about black people that are not necessarily living on the islands that are not the most positive and you know I had my own misconceptions of course before moving here about people who look just like me and it wasn't until I I actually lived and experienced America like probably it probably it took as long as three to five years for me to notice this that you know the imaging of black people or how black people are presented is uh, horrible for lack of a better term and I, you know, I was blessed enough to grow up in a place where everybody who was doing amazing things looked just like me. So there was never a doubt in my mind that I was less than anybody, or there was never that thought in the back of my head that I was less than anybody. And those subliminal messages play such a major role in the way we carry ourselves, the way we treat each other, the way... um, what our experience in life is like and how we process things in people. So I think just, you know, and it it was somebody said one time, like, why everything always got to be black this and black that? And I'm like, no, it's necessary because what what you're shown is not black excellence a lot of the time. So it matters. So I kind of had the, the, the opportunity to see it on both sides. Like, no, it's necessary that we see people who look like us doing amazing things. You know what I mean? It matters that your teacher looks like you. It matters that the lawyers, the doctors, the, you know, everything that you're told that, oh, you could grow up and be that, but you don't necessarily see it. The imaging and the the psychological part of it is actually seeing it happen matters. So I think that's absolutely necessary in a black oasis to, to just see people who look like you do amazing things and not, you know, the opposite. Because, I mean, obviously, it happens on both sides, good and bad. Everybody, every race, every culture has a negative and a positive. But it matters that we see a lot more of the positive than the negative. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like the places where we are strategically shown. Exactly. 
Exactly. Right. Strategically shown negative images mm-hmm. and uh, stereotypes and tropes of mm-hmm. ourselves just to reinforce, because, you know, they say art, uh, art imitates life or life imitates, you know, it's like right. the, what comes first chicken or the egg. You don't really know. <laughs> Like you don't really know what 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 is happening. You 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 are raised with these images, therefore you emulate the images, yes. or yes. you know the uh, images are a reaction or response from pe- negative mm-hmm. stereotypes that people have created. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a that is a phenomenal answer. Yeah, thank you. And people could argue the nature nurture aspect of things, but I mean our environment have a lot of of. Uh, our environment impacts us a lot as far as you know the way we process things and ourselves especially like if if I'm constantly being told that I'm not good enough whether it's verbally or visually Mm. you know it sinks in it's 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 kind of you're conditioned you know what I mean and you know the media has done an amazing job at conditioning us in a certain way you know to be against or for each other whatever needs to work you know it, it definitely does have an impact Right. And so with that being said, what role do you think you would play? Like, what do you contribute to the Black Oasis specifically? Where do I, no. <laughs> I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> um, personally, so I, um, I, I started meditating like seven years ago because I had, you know, I just had a, maybe not seven, maybe six, like six years ago, because I had a, a very unpleasant you know, time, like a year or something. And, you know, I was like, if this has helped me, it could, you know, it could help somebody else. So I essentially started a little, um, a little, I guess, organization. I don't necessarily call it an organization, but it's called the Healing Garage. And I just kind of dedicated a lot of my time to having self-improvement workshops that included meditation. Um, I just, um, I really haven't even told anybody this, but I just started the process for a nonprofit for, um, kind of a meditation institution for black and brown kids. So I'm currently working on that. Um, I just, you know, this, it's been on my vision board while a school has been on my vision board. And I just hadn't figured out in what way I was going to teach or what exactly I was going to teach. And I was like, this is exactly it because, um, I think it's necessary that we have a safe place, you know, from, from a young age that you could go and just hear people tell you how amazing you are. And then you could sit in silence and reflect on yourself and just, you know, take, take life in without any distractions or, um, the media or just, just in silence, you know what I mean? Because I think time to ourselves matters away from people is necessary. And just so we could hear our own thoughts and without it being the thoughts of other people, that's not necessarily positive. Yeah. So that is where I'm at with, you know, just trying to do my part in the community and letting every black and brown child know that they're absolutely amazing and like what would the world be without us you know my goodness (laughs) ma'am how do you find you know like how do you balance the time because you do so much (laughs) oh man so time yeah i'm you know i i feel like i'm good with time management but i feel like i could be better quite honestly 
So I, I want to say I've become a little better at being a puppet master lately. Yeah. Um, and I think once I understood that um, I don't necessarily have to be everywhere physically. And I think that was just part of my own, um, what, what do you call it? Shortcoming, needing to be in control of everything. Yeah. <laughs> once I realized that, okay, you don't have to be a control freak for things to get done that, you know, trusting people and, you know, just if I'm always there being a crutch, how is anybody else ever going to grow? And how am I going to be able to move onto other parts of my life and things that I want to do? Um, so I think once I figured out, okay, you know, put some trust in somebody else, it's fine. Like, all right, if they mess up, it's a learning experience for you both and you just teach them differently. So I've, I've gotten a little better with managing my time because I've given up some of the things that I felt like I needed to have my hands on, which was so far from the truth. So, um, I make sure to sleep. Otherwise, <laughs> if I don't sleep, then I don't function properly. And sleep is so important for, you know, just for your brain to just not be scrambled. If you're Definitely. rested, you you have a much clearer thought process and yeah. things get done a lot faster. So I definitely want to say it's because I, you know, I meditate and I make sure that I, I take care of myself as far as sleep is concerned. Because once my mind is clear, um, figuring things out and how to make it happen faster happens faster, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And 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 you mentioned trusting people. How have uh, your friends, family, how has your community played a role in just kind of elevating yourself, managing your process, your your work ethic, your your projects? Like, um, like like how does your community impact your oasis? Um, so <laughs> I want to say my community kind of depends on me heavily. Um. Some days I feel like <laughs> I am the oasis and I'm just like, okay, so who do I go to now? But I think that's kind of part of something that I created in that way, which I'm learning may have not been the most beneficial to me. Um, but I think they're also very considerate of, okay, you do so much, you know, so they probably won't tell me certain things like, all right, let's just leave her out of this so she doesn't have to show up for it. So I think um, consideration and the um, fact that people around me recognize how much I do or how much I get done. Um, and I think just general appreciation and, you know, doing for things for me when I don't even ask or because I'm not that great uh, with asking for help. <laughs> so um lucky for me i have people around me who could just sometimes see or you know they'll just do something nice for me even though i don't ask or will be like hey I, I handled this even though i didn't ask because you know they're and that tells me that they're paying attention and they appreciate you know the work that i'm putting in and if i take a break they let me take my break without you know reaching out to me and if they do reach out they're like okay I apologize. I really didn't want to, but, you know, so I think, you know, just that consideration, um, for me and, and my, my time, you know, is, is big. Right. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your restaurants. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so Miss Icy's kitchen, um, <clears throat> is now two and a half years old. Um, it's so funny because that was not a, an actually planned project. We were, 
So we now have a second restaurant, which was actually what we were hoping to do first. So, um, you know, we, we, all of it, all the partners, we've essentially known each other for, for some time and worked together for some time also. And one day the broker was just like, Hey, I have something you guys might be interested in. And I was like, what? Okay. But that's, that's not what we're looking for. And at that point we had already stopped looking at spaces cause we were just like frustrated. So we kind of like, all right, take a break, whatever. So, you know, we kind of just like, let it go, give it to the universe. And the universe came back with Miss Icy's Kitchen, which was not what was in our head, at least. Um, So, you know, initially we're just like, oh my God, where is this? Decatur? What? What what are we going to do over here? And lucky for us, this space essentially came with everything we did. Our part by just putting ourself on the place cosmetically. And it, it it essentially is an homage to two of my partners, Sim and Yusuf's grandmother, um, who is Miss Isis. A lot of people think I'm Miss Isis. No, I am not. Miss <laughs> um, Isis is uh, the grandmother who essentially, you know, just took care of them when they were younger. So a lot of the food is not necessarily from her. So it's grandma's house, but it's still very much the grandkids run it is kind of what we do. So it's a mix of Caribbean and Southern cuisine. Uh, We're not a full-on Caribbean restaurant and people do get confused about that some days when they come and they're like, well, you have no jerk chicken. I was like, well, no, we don't because we're not a Jamaican restaurant. So uh, we're known mostly for our brunches. Um, I mean, I I can't even put brunch into words because... (laughs) Uh, while we created it, I've never experienced anything like it anywhere else. So that that in and of itself is a blessing and it keeps people coming back and it gives people that space where they could just, you know, be themselves and have a good time without feeling any judgment, you know. Um, so that's Miss Icy's Kitchen. And then we just opened apartment 4B in Buckhead three months ago, which, man, I, I can't even, I can't even be put into words what what kind of gratitude I have for that place considering it's the middle of a pandemic and we're able to do this and wow and to just have the customers and clientele that we have and we're seeing and like I I've I was a bartender for a really long time and let me tell you I've never created any cocktail for anybody and then like in the middle of a pandemic I get to create a cocktail for Dwayne Wade with his own line of wines like where how you know where does this happen and I'm never nervous about anything but that was nerve-wracking <laughs> but you know it's just just I think just staying open at this point to like whatever comes and when you get there just doing what you know to do best you know so yeah apartment 4b is 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 such a big blessing and so is miss icy's kitchen but to just see to have to essentially rebuild a business and then to open a new one in a matter of six months is is mind-blowing to me even though you know i'm in it yeah so it you know come to apartment 4b it's fly as hell it's black as hell (laughs) yeah you know it's it's Ugh, it's so cool. Like if I didn't, if I didn't work there, I would go there all the time. <laughs> um, and Miss Icy's Kitchen too. It's just such a great vibe, you know. It, and I just, I keep saying to people, like, I just feel like it's a safe space for us. You know, you get to listen to the music that you like. You get to eat the food that you like with the, you know, 
people that you you break bread with people that you tr- truly enjoy and i stand back and watch our guests all the time and they genuinely are having a good time you know so yeah. that that makes my heart smile every time cuz i do step back and just watch watch it unfold and it's 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 a very big blessing and i'm so honored to be like chosen to do this you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah people rave about miss Isis, like oh my God, rave they- like y'all have stalker <laughs> fans because <laughs> But let me tell you, and I was so jealous because I saw that Davies was there one time and I was like, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. The crazy thing is, I'm such a, a lame-o because I don't know who a lot of people are. So he came in and I was just like, okay, whatever. I don't. And the staff were like, do you know who that is? I'm like, who? And they like him. Hey. I'm like, no. <laughs> Child, I, mean, I think it was God's will that I wasn't there because <laughs> I would have tore that place up. <laughs> That man is fine. Um, yes, he is. <laughs> he is very fine. Um, so, my last question. Mm-hmm. What is your one wish for Black people, if you have to have one wish for Black people? Oh. Man. I just... Mm, I just I just wish, like, all of our truth would just be cleared up for us. You know? Like, we could be appreciated without things being taken from us. You know, that way, like we're so amazing, man. And I get it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that the song that says, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Yeah. I'm just like, all right. You know, and I guess that's probably my way of just processing it to make it easier. I'm just like, man, nobody don't want nothing. That's not good. So we got to be friggin' amazing. You hear me? Like, for people to just want to take and take from us for so many years and not necessarily give back to us like we we got to be as good as gold man and i just i just wish that it doesn't have to come through in a negative way like we could just see it and be like bam you know what i mean like why we gotta suffer to really understand our greatness you know. And because it's, and let me say it's because we're so great, there are so many different mm-hmm. systems and structures at play to mm-hmm. keep us ignorant of that mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all it's so it's I feel like it's like a catch twenty two. Like when you get when you have all of this greatness, you know, it may not mean as much if you don't have to fight to be able to live it. If mm-hmm. you don't have to fight to be able to be it, it may not mean as much. And I don't know if that's that's correct, but that's the way that I process it. But it's definitely yeah. rough out here in these streets, and I agree. I wish black people just knew how powerful they were. Man, and you know, I I guess it takes a, again, you know, the conditioning is hard to break and I get it. You know what I mean? But I think, I think if we, if we band together a little more with just being mindful in, in little things, because I think little things might, you know, have a greater impact again with conditioning. So I, you know, I made it a duty to just like never share negative images of black people. And by negative, I mean, um, mug shots and a black person's dead body or a black person being abused. Like I made a pact to just like not do it. Like if, if, if something horrible is happening, I get it. We're going to see it somewhere, but it's, it's my duty to kind of put the message across in a different way that shines a positive light, because I promise you, I've never seen a, a, a body of a white person dead on television man on the news i've never Never. seen that and 
when I used to watch the news, because I don't watch the news, I haven't watched the news probably in like eight years. I don't watch the news anymore. Right. But I, I could guarantee that I've never seen a, a dead white body just laying on mm-hmm. the ground. Because even in death, there's respect for them. Yeah. You know? And no, I, and I think we deserve the same. So I think it's our duty to, and you know, I, I guess I, I think on, on a whole different level of what my blackness should look like, even in my passing and just for every other black person, like re- you're going to respect me, even if I'm dead on the ground and you're not going to show me, like, I don't mean anything, even in my death, like have some respect for that too. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I just think we, we have to be a little more mindful of when we're trying to share information about injustices done to us, um, that, you know, we figure out a way to get the message across. And obviously the, you know, some images, the more traumatic images are probably the ones that hit a little harder that get your attention. But what is the trauma that comes with that? You know, right. and, and, traumatizing and, us. Yeah. And then, and then also desensitizing it. Yes. And that's the other thing. And that kind of, you like, you get used to it and like, it means nothing because it's just like, Oh, that again, you know what I mean? So yep. it matters that, you know, we figure out how to flip, whatever looks negative and try to get the message across differently because we have enough people showing us shitty images of ourselves. Like we, you know, we got to figure out a way to just turn that around because I think the biggest thing is definitely all that conditioning that we're not necessarily just paying attention to that really gets us. Absolutely. So tell people how they can find you and uh, support your businesses and the healing garage um yeah how can people get in contact with you awesome so uh on instagram it is at uh the healing garage atlanta i'm lying the healing garage atl um my personal instagram is bell uncut b-e-l-l-e-u-n-c-u-t um the restaurants miss icy's kitchen both on facebook and on instagram and apartment 4b atl on instagram uh apartment 4b is in buckhead 2293 peachtree road and miss icy's kitchen is at 1371 claremont road in north decatur down the street from the va hospital <laughs> if you guys are gonna remember all that but listen, anyone listen. you type in you'll find me google it it's fine <laughs> find it and listen you support black business Man. support black women support black people yes. um get your healing and get fed i mean yes. it's Man. Like, <laughs> i get your healing and get fed. come on <laughs> right. you need it in your life what's like what is there to discuss or wait on Man. um but thank you so much for joining us i really do appreciate having you on here you are a gem Thank Truly. you, Maya. Thank you for having me. No, listen, you got to come back. <laughs> for when you sure. get that school set up, I need a, I need a full exclusive. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to figure it out now. So, yes, as soon as you know, I have more details. For sure, I'll hit you up. Listen, but your track record states it'll happen. <laughs> oh, it's gonna happen. Listen, it's this happen. on my wall. My, I just realized my two vision boards on my wall right now are actually my five and 10 year plans. I looked at it the other day. I'm like, oh. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so crazy. I'm not done. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, non-gender conforming individuals. <laughs> enough said. What else is there to say? 
Yeah. But thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you everyone for listening to Black Oasis. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Oasis ATL and Facebook at Black Oasis ATL or check out the blog website, www.blackoasis.org. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Aww. And until next time, stay black, but you don't <laughs> really have a choice. <laughs>